Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Some of the things that he was explaining was just so simple, but it was truth that just hit right home. He's changed my life. He's changed my walk. I have a hunger for God now that I've never had before. And this is just the beginning. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to teach on how to live in God's best, or I think the actual title is Living in God's Best. I've got a book out on this, and then we also have CDs and DVDs. I just started this series yesterday, and basically what I was trying to do yesterday is just convince people that we're living below God's best for our life. We settle for less, and as long as you can live with less, you will. And what I tried to do yesterday is just show that the very first step in living in God's best is getting a holy dissatisfaction with being less than what God wants us to be. Man, that's powerful. You know, if you missed that, I encourage you to go back and uh, look on our website and get yesterday's teaching because that was really powerful. Let me use this verse out of 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. And this says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Now I'll explain the rest of this later, but let me just focus on this first part here. It says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking to show himself strong in behalf of those who are perfect in his sight. Perfect in his sight here isn't talking about that you don't have any flaws or anything. This is just talking about, matter of fact, the NIV translates this as those who are completely committed to him. This is just talking about people who have a heart for God, people who are looking for God, hungry, or I think you could say it the way that I was teaching yesterday, those who are sick and tired of being sick and tired, God is looking for somebody like this that somebody who is just wanting more and is not willing to settle for less. It's amazing to me the herd mentality that people have. You know, they talk about, I'm an individual, and don't put me in a group, and don't judge me by everybody else. Don't judge me by the color of my skin. Don't judge me by the way I talk. Don't judge me by my education level or something. We want to be treated as individuals, and yet we have this herd mentality that we look around, and everybody else is struggling, and we just kind of think, well, that's normal, and we just blend in. We ought to want God's best, and we need to break out from the pack. I can guarantee you, if you start shooting for God's best, you are going to be criticized by all of the people who are wanting to be mediocre, and they look around and just think it has to be this way, and so they accept less, thinking that somehow or another, it's just the way you've got to be. And when you start talking about victory and going on and seeing greater things than what you're experiencing, the average person is going to criticize you because if you could prosper the way that you're talking about, and if God could exalt you and you could see uh, prosperity in your body and in your finances and in your emotions, and if you could live above the average life that most people live, well, then that condemns them because that means that they could live above and they don't want to do that. They just want to be, they want to blend in. They want to be like everybody else. And so they tend to criticize you. You know, this is what a lot of persecution is about, especially from family members. 
BECAUSE WHEN YOU HAVE AN ENCOUNTER WITH THE LORD AND ALL OF A SUDDEN GOD HAS CALLED YOU AND YOU ARE GOING TO DO SOMETHING AND YOU'RE BEING LED BY GOD AND YOU START STEPPING OUT OF THE RUT THAT EVERYBODY ELSE IN YOUR FAMILY IS IN AND YOU START BELIEVING GOD, THEIR TENDENCY IS GOING TO BE TO CONDEMN YOU BECAUSE IF THEY DON'T CONDEMN YOU, WELL, THEN IT'S CONDEMNING THEM. WHY DON'T THEY BELIEVE GOD? WHY DON'T THEY GET OUT OF THIS? WHY DON'T THEY TRUST GOD AND SEE SOMETHING HAPPEN? SO THEY EITHER HAVE TO TEAR YOU DOWN AND PROVE YOU WRONG OR THEY'VE GOT TO ADMIT THAT, WELL, I'M LIVING LESS. IF, if MY BROTHER OR SISTER OR MY SON OR WHATEVER COULD DO IT, WELL, THEN I COULD DO IT. AND RATHER THAN THEM CHANGE, IT'S JUST EASIER TO CONDEMN YOU THAN IT IS FOR THEM TO CHANGE. BUT THIS SHOWS THAT THE LORD IS SEEKING SOMEONE He's looking for someone with this attitude that, God, I want your best. I want to live in something more. He is looking. The eyes of the Lord are running throughout the entire earth. Did you know right now this broadcast can be seen anywhere on earth through satellite? And we've got, I don't even know, maybe a dozen or two dozen major networks that go all over the world. And it doesn't matter where you are. I've actually been to China and talked to people in China where they block these things, but by satellite, people are, you know, pirating these signals and they're watching. And if you're in the remotest part of China, if you're in the darkest part of Africa in a hut someplace, it doesn't matter where you are. The eyes of the Lord are there today looking for someone who's saying that God don't look any further. Here am I. Man, I want you. I want everything that you have for me. And again, I am just amazed at how people settle for less. It's amazing to me how people do this. I've met people before that they hate their job, but they have to have a job to pay their bills, to eat, and to do the things that they do. So they go to work, but they hate it. They talk about Blue Monday because they have to start going to work. They talk about Hump Day, and they're always looking towards the end of the week. And then it comes to Friday and TGIF and they're just celebrating because they get a couple of days off. I'm telling you, that's a sorry way to live. You ought to have some kind of a job that isn't just providing finances for you. Yes, you need to do that, but you need a job that is enabling you to take what God has put on the inside of you and you are contributing. You're making a difference. You ought to love what you're doing. You ought to feel like that it is impacting people. And even if what you're doing, you know, is like a menial job or something, and it's not that the product you're producing is so great, well, you ought to look at it as, man, I'm getting to impact the people that work here. I'm making a difference in the lives of these people. I'm here to minister to them. You ought to be excited about what you're doing. If you drag to work on Monday and then you just are excited on the weekends and you're, you hate your job, I can guarantee you, you have not found God's best. When you find God's perfect will for your life, there is a satisfaction and a joy that goes with that that you can't find anywhere else. You ought to be excited about what you're doing. When you get up in the morning, it ought to be excited to think that, man, today I'm going to fulfill God's will for my life. And when you are in the perfect will of God, it's satisfying. It ministers to you. It's gratifying. You know, I've used this example before, but I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and one of my partners opened his business up, told his employees to come sit down, the clock's running, listen to this man talk, and I just preached to him. And anyway, one time when I did this, I came out after I administered to the employees, and there was a lady 
out at the reception desk, and she was an Oriental lady, and I, I didn't recognize her as being back in the group. And I, and I said, who are you? And she said, oh, I'm the receptionist. I'm the new kid on the block. And they left me here to answer the phones while everybody else was in the back. And she asked who I was. And I told her my name. And she says, what do you do? And I said, I'm a minister. And she, her eyes got big. And she says, for who? And I said, for the Lord Jesus Christ. And she said, you're the one. And I said, I'm the one what? And she told me that she was a Buddhist. And the night before, she had been going through her rituals. And she just stopped in the middle and and... If you watched yesterday's program and the few things I've said today, she got dissatisfied with these rituals. She just knew that there had to be something more. And so right in the midst of all of her rituals, she just stopped. And she says, God, I know that you're real. I know that there is a God, but this can't be it. She was dissatisfied with just going through these motions. And she got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And she just said, I am looking for something more. She says, God, reveal yourself to me. This can't be it. And as she was expressing this dissatisfaction and just asking God to reveal himself to her, she said that a ball of light came and it was just in front of her and it was pulsating. And there was a voice that said, tomorrow I'll send you a man who will tell you who I am. And then she says, you're the one. And I said, I am the one. And I got to share the Lord with this woman. She got born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when I left there, I got in my car. And I'm telling you that there was such a sense of satisfaction and peace, gratification, knowing that I was exactly where God wanted me to be. He had told this woman I was going to be there. I was in the exact spot. And there is a feeling of joy and satisfaction that comes through something like that that you will never get just doing your own thing, just doing what you've got to do. God has a perfect plan for you. And I believe that all of us are living below the total fulfillment of that. Some people haven't even started in that direction. But I'm telling you on the authority of this scripture that the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the entire earth, wherever you are right now. God is speaking to you through me. And God is looking for someone who will say, God, I want more of you. I want your best for my life. What is it that you want me to do? God, I'm sick and tired of just marking time. Did you know that every day that the sun rises and sets, that's a day that you'll never get back. You are either making this day count and moving towards what God has, or if all you're doing is just surviving, then you're moving in the wrong direction. You've wasted a day. You need to get to a place to where you aren't going to waste any more time. I believe that God is speaking to people through me and telling you that he's got more for you. And the first step is you got to get dissatisfied. This is what the Lord is looking for. His eyes are going to and fro throughout the whole earth right now looking for someone. Your response ought to be, God, don't look any further. Here I am. I want your best. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't want to settle for less. God, I want your best. You know, right now, I'm just praying that God will speak to people and that you will respond right now by saying, God, I want to be everything you want me to be. I want to see your will fulfilled in me and through me. And if you would make that commitment and mean it from your heart, I believe God will stop right there. You know, I heard a story. 
about a man named Dwight L. Moody. Some of you may not know who that was, but back in the 1800s, Dwight L. Moody was like the Billy Graham of his day. He ministered all over multiple continents, saw hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people born again, was just a powerful force for God. And Dwight L. Moody, when he was a young man, went into a revival service and there was not a single person saved during this revival service. There wasn't any major things happen, but the man who was preaching the service said something along these lines. And he had a quote and he said, the world has yet to see what God could do through one man who is totally committed to him. And Dwight L. Moody stood up and said, by the grace of God, I'll be that man. And I don't believe that he fulfilled it perfectly. I don't think any of us ever maximize what is the full potential. But he made that commitment. And like I said, this man reached millions of people. He, ha he started universities that are still in uh, existence today and still functioning today. And I mean, so much of our world was impacted by him because somebody just said that God don't look any further. Here I am. Send me. And I believe that God is saying this to you. So here's another thing I get out of this, that God wants you to reach your full potential more than you want to reach it. That's a big statement right there. I know that there are some people that beg and, oh God, please move in my life. And oh God, please do this. And they feel like somehow or another they have to coerce God. But this verse shows that no, God is looking throughout the entire earth. He's going into every house, into every building, into every hut, under every tree. It doesn't matter where you are. God is looking today for somebody who will just reach out and say, by the grace of God, I am going to be all that God wants me to be. And he's looking. God wants this more than you want it. Boy, that is super important that you understand this. So it's not a matter of us trying to coerce God and beg God to move as if he's disjointed, disassociated with us, and he's not got any special plans for you. I used this verse yesterday, but Jeremiah chapter 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. God has plans for your life and they are not plans for failure. They're good plans to give you a hope and a future. God has better plans for you than what you are experiencing. If you're sick, if you're poor, if you're stressed out, if you're bitter, if you're hurt, if you're depressed, I can guarantee you none of that is God's will for your life. God has a perfect plan for your life, but it's not up to God. God has this perfect plan for every person on this planet but not everybody on this planet responds to God. Many people are content with just being mediocre and struggling through this life and living and dying. And they don't even think about the future. They don't think about what legacy they're going to leave behind. Is anybody going to miss them when they're gone? Most people aren't even thinking about that. That's the reason that entertainment today is so big is people just are numbing themselves. They're just occupying themselves. They're just marching and, and marking time. They aren't going anywhere. It's kind of like being on a treadmill. You do all of this stuff, but you never get anywhere. That's the way that most people's life is like. It's not God who keeps us from reaching our full potential. He's looking. 
But you know what? We initiate it when we say, God, don't look any further. Here am I. Send me. You know, this happened with Isaiah in the sixth chapter of Isaiah. He saw the glory of the Lord and he fell down. Oh God, I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Man, that's just an old English way of saying he lived in an ungodly society and he himself was ungodly. He repented. I tell you, this is true of us today. And if we would repent of that, the Lord says, who's going to go for me? Who can I send? And Isaiah said, Lord, here am I. Send me. That ought to be our response. And did you know when Isaiah cried out like that, God took a coal from off the altar and purged his lips and put his word in his mouth. And it, it, God appeared. God presented the opportunity and the potential. But if uh, Isaiah hadn't said, oh, Lord, here am I, send me, it never would have happened. I believe that God has come across your path today. God has had you tune into this program. You may not recognize that, but I believe God drew you to this program and God is speaking through me to you today. And your response is, Lord, here am I. Send me. God, here am I. Do in me. God, I want your best. And you're the one that initiates it. God has a great plan for your life, for every person's life, but very, very, very few people ever tap into it. Not because God didn't have the plan, but because they didn't pursue it. If you don't pursue the plan of God, it will not come to pass automatically. This whole teaching about fate and the sovereignty of God, that He just moves us like a chess piece and whatever happens in our life is God's will. That is not true. God did not make the failures. God did not cause the heartache. God is not the one who's killing people. God is not the author of all of this poverty and suffering. God is not doing those things. God has a perfect plan for every single person and His eyes are going to and fro throughout the whole earth, but you have to reach out and cause Him to stop and begin to move in your life. He has a plan, but you have to respond. You know, when Jesus came walking on the water to Peter, this is in the 14th chapter of the book of Matthew, it's obvious that Jesus came out there to help these guys. They were in a boat. It had, it's normally a two-hour trip across the Sea of Galilee. They had been at it for about 10 hours and were only halfway across. That shows you how bad the storm was. It says the boat was filled with water. It looked like they were going to drown. They were in a crisis situation. And they were there because Jesus sent them out there. If you read this in Mark chapter 6, uh, also Matthew chapter 14 and other places, it'll say that Jesus had to constrain them to get into the boat. They didn't want to do it. They were fishermen. They knew that a storm was coming. This was against their better judgment. And yet Jesus constrained them. And so out of obedience and commitment to the Lord, they were doing what the Lord told them to, but it looked like they were going to drown. And so they were in this crisis situation at Jesus. Uh, Jesus was at fault for it. He was the one responsible. He came walking on the water, not because he was just walking on. I mean, it's not like he did this every night. It's not like this was just a common occurrence. He came because he was coming out there to help them. Let me just turn over and read a bit of this to you in Mark chapter 6. In verse 47, And when the even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, that means 3 to 6 a.m., he had sent them away before sunset. So this is at least 10 hours later. 
about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. Now, that's a huge statement. It's obvious he was walking out there to help them. They were in a crisis. He was coming to help them. And yet it says he would have passed by them. You know, sometimes we just skip over this. Why would Jesus just come walking on the water and show himself to them, but he didn't just, you know, if it would have been me, I'd have been coming something like waving my arms like, hey guys, the Calvary's coming. Hold on, I'm coming. I'm going to save you. That's the way we, we would have been rushing out there. We would have come and let them know that we'd come to save them. Jesus just walked close enough that they could see him, but he would have passed by them if they hadn't have cried out to him. They had to cry out and place a demand upon the Lord in order to get him to respond and to fix their situation. And this is what I'm saying to you is that the Lord, the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth today, wherever you are. God is there. He's presenting himself through this program to you. But you have to respond. You have to cry out. And if you don't, you know what? He'll pass right on by. And this will be just another program that you've watched. It'll be another 30 minutes that you've let go and it won't make any difference. But there's some people that right now you could just respond and do what Isaiah did and said, Lord, here am I, send me. You could say, God, don't look any further. Here am I. I want your best. God, I don't want to live a mediocre life. I don't want to die with untapped potential. You know, I think it was, well, I'm not going to say who it was because I'm not totally sure. But anyway, it was a minister that I heard. He said that if you want to find the place on the earth that has the most potential, go to the graveyard because most people did not unlock their potential. Most people never reached their full potential and they took it to the grave. That's a tragedy, but I believe that's true. I believe that God made every one of us for greatness, not necessarily that you're going to be known worldwide. God has different plans for every person, but within your world, within your realm of influence, your job, your family, your church, your neighborhood, the people that you do business with, God has destined every one of you for something awesome, not only individually, but so that it could flow through you. And I tell you, most people are taking that potential to the grave. I'm challenging you today to open up your heart and believe God for more. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries are helping us spread the gospel when the world needs it the most. Though 2020 brought unprecedented obstacles, God's word has remained true and we are now seeing a harvest unlike ever before. Thanks to our friends and partners, we have been able to minister via live stream on a daily basis, expand our phone center to answer a record amount of calls, and have been able to give out free material to thousands of people who have never contacted us before. Just like the word promises, what the enemy meant for evil, God turned around for good, and we are excited to see all the great things he has in store for us next. To see the full 2020 annual report video, visit awmi.net today. You know, I've had a desire to have a 24-7 phone center where we could take calls all of the time. Right now, we're operating uh, five days a week, 24 hours a day, but 
We are starting to open on Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 in the morning until 6 p.m. just so that we can minister to you better. So we've expanded these hours. I encourage you to check it out at 719-635-1111. Today you can get Andrew's teaching, Living in God's Best, in a hardback book for a gift of any amount when you contact us. I like to encourage you to get these materials that I'm offering. I've got this hardcover book on living in God's best. We've got a study guide, which is 475 pages. And this is specifically designed so that you can disciple other people in this. We've also got this book in Spanish. We've got a series that was recorded live, and then we have a CD set and a DVD set. But I tell you, this teaching on living in God's best is absolutely life-changing if you will listen to it and then heed it and act on it. So please check it out today. Andrew's entire series, Living in God's Best, is available as a book in either English or Spanish, as a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast, or as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar. You can also get this teaching as a companion study guide. The study guide will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for home groups or Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. I want to let you know that we have now started a Karis Daily Live Bible Study. We've been doing a Bible study every Tuesday night live for about two years, but now we have five days a week. We've varied the times so that we can accommodate anybody's schedule, and it's going to really be good. We're going to use our instructors from the school, and it'll be a blessing. So remember, we now have a Karis Daily Live Bible Study, five days a week. I tell you, I'm excited. God is going to do something special during these meetings. I felt that He was just speaking truth. The perspective is so different, it's so new, and the, the understanding runs so deep. When you start speaking to your problem and commanding it to leave, that's when you start seeing great things happen. Andrew's teaching and the love that he has for God's Word and truth 
It is the gospel truth. And I want to share with you about Keras Distance Education. This is what we call our online platform or our correspondence courses where you get the material sent to you. But you don't have to come to a physical location. You can receive the teaching through these platforms and then you can send in your test. You actually have interaction and stuff, but you don't have to leave and go to a physical location. And for some of you, this is your answer to how you could receive the teaching from Keras without having to pick up and move to one of these locations. You can get more information by contacting us, but we encourage you to become a part of Keras Bible College through our distance education.